Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 265 of the Ask the Coach show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. Surprise, surprise, Ma Long loses again. We'll talk about all the interesting results from the Korean Open and what it means for the Olympics. In the questions, we'll talk about half-long serves, how to play more aggressively, and whether to concentrate on your forehand only or to develop the backhand as well. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Supercoach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeffrey, and slightly earlier time slot tonight. I look a little bit more alive. You Not do, indeed. Yeah. Um, see, Alice is more of a morning person. I'm more of a late night person. Absolutely. Anyway. <laughs> there you go. Well, Alois, some really interesting results from the Korean Open over the weekend. Yeah, again, um, as you called it at the start. So um, we... Um, we saw once again Marlene, Ma Long, Marlene, Ma Long going down in an event. And basically, this is probably his last event before Rio. So he, um, I mean, we, it, it's a bit negative to talk about his, his losses, but, you know, he did make the final of the Korean Open. Um, but going down 4 3 to Zhu Zin again. So losing to Zhu Zin two weeks in a row. Um, so, real surprise. The the other interesting part is that he won't be playing Zhu Zin at the Olympics. Yeah, Zuzin so maybe that's good news. The only person he can lose to is Zhu Zin. He's not even going to be able to play in the singles. Yeah, exa- exactly. So, the other Chinese player that uh, that is playing um, at the Olympics is Zhang Zike, who lost in round one of the Korean Open to Chen Xian An, as we uh, talked about on Friday. So... Hmm, very interesting indeed. So, um, Zhu Zin, good form. I watched, uh, I didn't get the chance to see it live, but I did uh, just watch some of it um, on ITTV. And boy, oh boy, is Zhu Zin in good form. It sounds like a great match. And it sounds like Zhu Zin could have almost won even more comfortably. Yeah, he could have. Um, yeah, he, he had he had chances earlier as well, but um, and then in the last set he was up, I think ten five, um, and Ma Long just grovelled his way back to ten nine. And last point, last point, Zhu's in. Um, uh, Ma Long was serving, so he was up, you know, ten five, ten six. Had his two serves. Um, Ma Long made some really good counter top spins. Um, he made another good countertop spin at 10-8, 10-9. Zhu Zin, Ma Long served short to uh, his forehand. He just went right around and went, gave him the biggest banana flick you've ever seen um, in, into Ma Long's wide backhand and Ma Long couldn't get to it. But it was almost like, you know, I've got to do it here. Uh, this is it or I'm gone by, um, by Zhu Zin. So... Um, yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a gamble that last shot, but paid off. There Korean Open go. champion. Absolutely. Now, do you think the Chinese selectors are going to be worried here now, Alois, um, that they've made the wrong decision? Well, is it the wrong decision? That's a, it's a good question. You know, Zhu's in uh, top form, um, beating Ma Long twice, um, winning the Korean Open, but. No berth at the Olympics in the singles. Does get to play in the teams, though. 
Yeah, what um, about Fan Zendong? Um, he not even going to the Olympics. <laughs> nah, not no, not even uh, not even getting a Guernsey. So he lost a Zoo Zin in the semis um, again, four three. Um, 11-9 in the seventh. So Zuzin, you know, um, having two 11-9 results in the in the seventh to to win the title. Well, that that's what it, that's what it is. You know, that's what it takes um, when you're one of the top players in the world. You've got to win those close matches, and Zuzin done it done it twice there and taken the title. Um, yeah. So Fan Zendong, semi finalist, not going. Um, but Zhang Ziker. Has a singles berth, so um, yeah, gee, it's interesting. I love it. I love. I, you know what I, I really love the fact that now I'm actually watching two Chinese players playing each other, and I'm barracking for one of them. I was I was wanting Zuz in to win. I was in there, you know, like just just wanting him to get around. So I love it because you're starting to get to know a little bit more about these uh, these Chinese players. It's not just oh, they're China. China's playing in the final, and you know, at the Olympics, if Zhu Xin was playing Ma Long in the semis, and then Ma Long was playing um, whoever Fan Zhendong in the final, it'd be great. Indeed, and I guess that's what happens a lot of the World Championships, and you know, <laughs> we saw some good matches there. Yeah, um, absolutely. There was the women's event results at the Korean Open. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Any other interesting results? Yeah, there there was a women's event. Um, Awesome. What happened there? So so Ding Ning over her arch rival, Lu Shi Wen, um, in the final 4-1. It was a little bit of a lacklustre performance, I thought, by Lu Shi Wen. I don't know. You know, just she just didn't quite look right. Um, Ding 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 looked okay, looked pretty dominant. But, yeah, Lu Shi Wen was a bit out of sorts, missed a lot of balls that um, she would normally uh, get. You know, she won the tournament last week in Japan, um, but uh, didn't have to play Ding Ning. So beating Ding, uh, losing to Ding Ning this time. Ding Ning, as we know, playing at the Olympics. Lu Shi Wen not playing in the singles at the Olympics. My, oh, my. Unbelievable. It is. It is. So, yeah. So, yeah, as I say, interesting results. Um, Another interesting result, um, Harry Moto, you know, the young Japanese guy, Mm -hmm. uh, 12 years old in the under-21s, couldn't couldn't back up um, this time. You know, he only made the quarterfinals, Jeff, you know, the 12-year-old. Along the way, he beat Anton Schellberg, who is, you know, great player from Sweden, um, and also uh, Robino from France. So he beat beat them both three one, and then went down for twelve year old. Yeah, it is. It's it's super super effort. And, you know, we were talking about Mima Ito being thirteen and fourteen. You know, so young. This guy's twelve, and he's beating. You know, in the men's game too. You know, he's beating some of the some of the best best uh, European players. It's great. It certainly is. All right. Well, let's take a look at today's. Pingskiller question of the day, which is kind of related. It is, have the Chinese national team selectors got too much power? So jump onto our Facebook page or onto the Pingskillers website and leave a comment. We want to know, have the Chinese national team selectors got too much power? Hmm. And uh, the last Pingskillers question of the day back on Friday was, Will Ma Long return to form and win the Korean Open this weekend? Well, Naranjan, Naranjan 
said Ma Long versus Zoo's in final it will be, I guess. So there you go. And that was uh, posted on the 24th of June. So well done, Naranjan. Um, Eugene thought it would be Ma Long and Fan Zen Dong. You know, not a bad guess. Um, um, uh, or, oh, Naranjan, though, did add, and Ma will eventually win the match in the championship. One right, one wrong. Not bad, Naranjan. So there you go. So... Um, that's a bit of predicting. Easy to easy when you're looking back to see that Zuzin wins. But, yeah, Marlong would definitely have been my favourite for the event too. But uh, Zuzin, super, super effort. You know, you should have seen should have seen some of his backhands. If you get on there and have a look at ITTV. So the thing that really impressed me, I mean, we know how good Zuzin's forehand is. And he was making them from out like, you know, a metre outside his backhand corner. But his backhand was the thing that impressed me this time. He was so um, so confident with his backhand now. And he needs it. He needs his backhand to be working to beat the best guys in the world. So, all right, enough about those guys. Enough. Absolutely. No, good to hear. Good to hear. Good to watch. And as Alois said, get on the ITTV and take a look. All right, it is time for the questions, are you ready to answer some interesting questions, Alois? Sure am. Awesome. All right. First up is one from Nicholas, who says, when my opponent serves half long backspin to my forehand, I want to attack it. But once I tried and I hit my rubber hard, I tried the forehand flick and the backhand banana, but I'm caught out of position. Any tips? Yeah, that... Uh, <laughs> that that half-long ball, the one that just bounces off the end on the second bounce, can be really scary because, um, because especially, and as uh, as you have done there, Nicholas, you have actually hit the rubber on um, on the table um, edge and ripped the rubber. So, so after that, psychologically, it is pretty difficult to swing hard at that ball because because you know that there is that danger, um, and I've seen people. Like actually, Jeff, didn't you? Didn't you? I did absolutely. Yep, hit my. Show finger. us the scar. Yeah, I, I so small now. I think it's almost gone. I can't even see it myself. No, it's too hard to see. Uh, but there was okay. a little scar there for a long, long time. Okay, yeah. so so it does, and it, and it messes with you psychologically when you when you have tried to topspin that ball that's close to the edge and you either hit your racket or hit your thumb. Um, and I've seen it. I've seen it a few times, you know, blood. Dangerous it was. It was, that was probably the first time we met, maybe. I was playing against – I was playing for the ACT and you were playing – you were coaching the Victorian under-17 team. Was and I went around, tried to loop it, hit the table, blood everywhere. We had to get someone in to clean it all up and oh, wasn't wasn't a good sight. Um, that was 27 years ago, and he still remembers it. Not that he's scarred or anything, but um, but yes. So so it can be can be difficult. Um, the thing that uh, I've heard a few bits of advice, but one thing that I've found uh, works really well is to really just follow the ball and follow the ball with your bat. So as the ball's coming, so just um, bring it back slowly. So if it does stay short, then you're there for the flick. But if it does drop off the end, then you can quickly uh, drop your bat down and lift it up. So, if you're if you're waiting here for the for the ball to drop off the end and then suddenly it comes short, then you've got to lift your bat up and come back over. So you give that a try, um, 
uh, Nicholas, yeah, just try to follow the ball with your bat. So as you're returning, so it's here, here, here. It's going to be a short flick. It's going to be long. Then you drop your bat and lift it um, off the end, off uh, up over the end of the table. Um, the other thing you talked about was, you know, the option of going around and playing the backhand banana. And that is a good option. Yeah, as, But as you said, it can catch you out and leave you out of position because if you're all the way over there, um, then you are exposing your backhand. You see the top guys in the world look so easy, but their footwork is just magic. You know, they get around, they play the top spin, and then bang, they're here, here again and ready to play a backhand if the next ball goes deep to their backhand. So just... Um, think a little bit about what is your best option. For me, you know, at the um, club level, you know, pl- probably playing the, the forehand flick or topspin and making that decision is probably the easy, easier way to go. But, you know, if you can play a banana flick, then, you know, give it a go, give it a try as well. Yeah, I guess so. And off, off this, because you're talking about a backspin serve, I think, you know, you still can push the ball as well. Like that's an option, I think. Yeah, don't don't forget the short push. Good point, Jeff. Um, we often forget about that short push, and and I think it's an underutilized stroke at club level. So, um, you watch again watching Marlong and Zuzin play. It reinforced to me how good these guys are at playing short, and it's it's often the thing that we just tend to forget about. Um, you know, we we remember the. Loop to loop. Remember the the zoos in going around the corner and hitting winners at 180 k's an hour and stuff. But we forget about how good these guys are at just being able to uh, drop that ball short um, and and play that short game as well and and deal with that um, shorter ball. Yeah, you're Absolutely. right. Absolutely. Yeah. So next time you're watching these guys, yeah, take a bit of notice of their service return and their short play and just watch just how good it really is. Um, now, Spam20 has just jumped on and asked a question using the Google Q&A app live on the show. Thanks, Spam20. He says, I have problems with short serves that look like they are long, so pretty much exactly what we we're talking about. And he says, I get ready to play a four-hand top spin, then I can't play it. Should I just push it? If it's short, you can't top spin it, obviously, because it's going to bounce twice. So, yeah, try and do the short push. You just need to be able to, you know, judge that ball a little bit better. And as Aloy said, try that tip that he mentioned about following the ball with your bat to see if it really is coming long first. See if they uh, help you out. Now, the second part to his question, yeah. Aloy. Oh, yeah, you've got some other tips? Yeah, no, I, th- I think um, the other thing is, you know, how do you train that better? And I think multi-ball is a really good option. Um, so just get someone to feed out the ball to you with backspin and try to get them to to feed, you know, some that are just short, some that are just long, um, just so you start to recognise the um, the flight of the ball that is going longer and shorter as well. So so that, and then just lots of lots of just short pushing um, and recognising when that ball's going long. Um, you know, the, and probably just the short pushing to each other and recognising is, is even better. The multi-ball um, is a little bit different because you're not... Um, tracking the ball all the way in and out of their bat. Um, so, yeah. So but both both options, though. Um, but you need to practice and and start to um, be able to recognise the flight of that short and long ball as early as possible. Um, and, you know, the, the better players are seeing that 
bang, really quickly. You know, they can see when the ball's going to be that far off the end or that far short as well. They, they, they're recognising that really early. Mm, yep, good, good advice. Um, and so the second part of Spam20's question is, I play with Mark 5 1.8mm on both sides, but I would like 2mm on my forehand. But should I perfect my technique first? Um, I think I think two mil Mark V is okay for learning techniques. Still, um, it's still it's still quite a good control rubber. Um, so even even the two mil. So I if you if it's time to change your rubber. So if the forehand rubber is getting worn, um, then yeah, probably your next step is to just just use a two mil Mark V as your next sheet. But don't don't go and just change it necessarily. There's not a huge difference between the one point eight and the two. Um, but yeah, it's still going to give you enough control to to learn technique. Excellent. All righty. Next up is a question from Tim, who says, "To counter attacks, I usually try to block or chop the ball, but this leads to me playing defensively. I am more comfortable attacking, so how should I counter attack a topspin loop effectively? When I try, it goes into the net or it hits the edge of my bat." Ah, uh, yes. Counter, counter top spinning is is tough because uh, when they top spin, the ball's dipping quite quickly, and it can be difficult to 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 uh, to judge properly. Um, so one, start by blocking, um, and then what I like to get players to do is um, just add a little bit of top spin on your block to start off with. So start by blocking. So block two or three balls. And then just start to add a little bit of top on it by just coming forward and over that ball. And you can start to then just increase uh, your swing on that block. So you're just adding a little bit more and a little bit more. And eventually that becomes a counter top spin. One really important thing um, with the counter top spin. So the first thing is that you don't need to lift the ball. You don't need to lift that the, the ball because there's enough topspin on the ball to start off with. So you do need to go over the top. But I see a lot of players trying to come at the ball like that. And that's where you're going to be hitting the edge of your racket a lot because basically that is what the ball is seeing. It's seeing that. And to get, to get it right, to get that contact there is really difficult. So just open up your bat a little bit, um, but just come more forward on the ball. Um, and come over um, through the stroke as well to, to make sure the ball's going down onto the table. Difficult stroke, but it's something that basically everyone is doing now. Um, but first, make sure you're blocking the ball on the table. Make sure you can do this, and then you can start to use um, a little bit more topspin and counter topspin to make it more yeah, effective. That, that makes a lot of sense, but... Another point, Alois, as we just mentioned, all the top players have really good short games. And if you can, you know, serve short and return short, then you've got a much higher chance of making the first attack yourself. And then you don't have to do the counter-attacking. You're putting all the pressure on your opponent and they'll have to come up with the counter-attack. Yeah, exactly. And and also, even then, if they do get a topspin ball, um, they're not... Uh, they're not as prepared or they're not, they can't, you know, set themselves and wind up strong to make your counter top spin difficult. You know, um, we, if, if you watch the Ma Long Zhu Zin match, you'll see that sometimes when Ma Long can get that ball just uh, long off the end and Zhu Zin's forced to, 
to loop up or vice versa. Sometimes um, Zhu Zin gets the ball just long and Ma Long's forced to lift it. Then they've got a lot of opportunity then to counter topspin that ball because it's not a strong topspin coming at them. So, so one, as Jeff said, try to keep the ball short, um, tie them up uh, by not allowing them to make the topspin. And then even if it does stray long, sometimes the, the topspin isn't as strong and it gives you more time and opportunity to make the counter topspin. Very good. Okay. Next up is a question from Ilya who says, for an offensive player, there are two ways to develop. One, concentrate on the forehand topspin and turn it into an overwhelming strength. Or two, work on both the forehand and the backhand. For a pro practicing, often the second is viable, but the first is best for amateurs, says Ilya. Yeah, um, interesting concept. And, you know, it made me think a little bit about it. Um, to a great extent, you're right, Ilya. You know, like at um, at a club level or, a, you know, a, a junior level, often you can get away with having one strong shot. Having a really strong forehand topspin, for example, you can win a lot of points in a lot of games. If you are thinking about trying to develop further, though, then I think it's really important to develop both sides um, because at the highest level, it's really difficult. Zhu Zin does it, but even Zhu Zin has to have a strong backhand. Otherwise, Ma Long is just going to be able to play him really wide out there. And um, you'll see again in the Ma Long Zhu Zin match, get onto it on ITTV. Um, Zuzin sometimes is forced really wide out onto the forehand and when Ma Long is ready for it, so he's able to play a good enough push out here, Ma Long gets around and then, uh, sorry, Zuzin gets around and then Ma Long just finishes the ball wide to Zuzin's forehand corner. So at that level, you do really need two sides, but, you know, you've got to got a reasonable point there, really. I think... You know, you probably can get away with just developing a strong forehand if you just want to be at that level. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's good, good, yeah, compromise, I guess. I always like, you know, having a bit on both sides because it just, yeah, it does limit you, right? And it, it provides a big target for people if your backhand's weak. Um, but I guess to exploit that, you need to be, quite a good player and so yeah that why maybe it, it does work um just at a local level very interesting interesting yeah um get onto the question on um on the ask the coach page and just uh, put your thoughts on there too yeah love to hear your thoughts good one all right alois well that wraps up another good show a lot of interesting questions there and of course who wouldn't like to talk about the korean open brilliant Thank you, everyone, for watching. Make sure you do get on to pingskills.com. Sign up for our free newsletter if you haven't already. And we will see you again tomorrow. Thank you, Alois. Thanks, Jeff. And uh, see you later, Pingskillers. Get some practice in today, tomorrow, wherever you are, whatever time it is. But, yeah, good luck, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.